Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, good night for the Minnesota Pro Teams last night, Jim, as both the Wild and Timberwolves were winners. Uh, let's talk a little Wild hockey. Matt Boldy was a first-round draft pick for the Wild. He's starting to really prove why. Uh, he's been phenomenal, and, uh, you know, he, he really went through a long slump where he wasn't scoring. And really, the team is kind of winning despite that because they had Kaprizov and very good defense, and they were winning a lot of games 2-1. to one. Uh, Kaprizov goes out. Johansson comes in as a line mate, and all of a sudden, Boldy has exploded at just the right time. And now, the crazy thing about this season is the Wild are scoring more goals and winning at a slightly higher rate without Kaprizov than they did with him. And that's not any – and nobody should say, oh, they don't need Kaprizov or Kaprizov really isn't that good or that value. It's not that at all. It's just that they have – Boldy, with playing with Johansson, has given them uh, an explosive offensive uh, you know, option that really didn't exist before. And, you know, whatever psychology or fit or chemistry or whatever – uh, it doesn't really matter. They're, they are just performing extremely well, and now they lead the, the the division by a pretty good margin. And you know, I think most of us thought this was a middling playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to play well and win a lot of close games. If they win the division, and, you know, I think a lot of us thought, okay, this is another team that probably won't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. If they win the division, they're probably going to have a really good first round matchup. If they don't win the division, they're probably going to have a very tough first round matchup. Mm-hmm. If they get to play Seattle. They're probably going to win that series. This, so this team really setting itself up for you know what we haven't seen in a long time, which is actually an actual playoff victory. We love sports because of the mystery of it. You know, you go into each game. Sure, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose, but you don't know how that's going to happen. You don't know who is going to do it. I would not have predicted that the Wild would actually play better for any stretch of time without Kaprizov, but here they are doing that very thing. Yeah, and you shouldn't have predicted that or thought that. Yeah. It's complete. It's completely illogical because. Kaprizov is is a, an excellent two-way player. He plays hard. He helps the power play. He scores on his own. He sets up his teammates. He plays with high effort. There's absolutely no – nobody should be reading into this that they don't need Kaprizov. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the Wolves have gone through a few really good stretches offensively without Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, that might be because – you know, the ball might move a little bit more, or they might have players who feel really comfortable together. But if you want to be a high-end team, you need Towns in the lineup and playing well. Just the same thing with the Wild. If you, it's great that they're winning this way right now, but if you really want what's best for this team and the best opportunity to win big, they need to do what they're doing now and eventually get Kaprizov back. And there is some mystery about that. You know, the original time, they're not really updating as much uh, as, you know, these teams just don't. Uh, But their original timeline hinted that he would probably be back right around the start of the playoffs. He hasn't started skating yet, at least the last time I talked to somebody he hadn't. So we don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I'm not surprised that they came together as a team after losing their star player in Kaprizov, but I really thought they'd rally around the goaltending and the defense and start winning games two to one and and, uh, one to nothing, things like that. Maybe not one nothing, that doesn't happen that often in the NHL, but low scoring games. And they've done just the opposite. That's the surprising part. Exactly. And part of it is Boldy. Uh, Part of it is Boldy playing well with Johansson. Part of it is that they just, you know, for a while there, it was Kaprizov and Kaprizov's line scoring all the goals and them trying to win 2-1 to one or 3-2. to two. Now it feels like they have more options. Uh, you know, even Ryan Reeves being added, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's not an offensive player, but he has contributed. 
uh, Hartman has gotten it going again after uh, a disappointing start to the season. Uh, they're getting more points from their blue line, um, with Spurgeon and Dumbo really playing a big role there. And But it, it feels – and, you know, Eck has not had a, a great offensive season, but it, it just feels like they are more dangerous one through lines one through four right now than they were when they were – it felt like they were sitting around waiting for Kaprizov to score. It seems to me hockey trades are often made simply to change chemistry. Uh, there's guys with similar skills. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that guys like Bill Guerin can tell the difference if one guy's you know a, a half a stride faster than somebody else. But to the to the average viewer, such as myself, it seems like they're they're chemistry trades as much as anything. But Johansson has really added something. He has, and with Johansson, I think it's a combination of just the right kind of skill, just the right kind of player at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been impressive about Garen. When he decided to move on from prison suitor, he knew that he was going to be strapped financially. He thought it was the right thing for his room, his team, his team's future. And it takes a lot of confidence to make that move because most general managers are just trying to keep their job. Mm-hmm. And to keep your job, you keep the best players and you and you just try to have the best season you can so you can have another season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Garen really has taken kind of a holistic, long-term view here. Uh, okay, you know, Parisian Suter might be best for this team right now, but I don't think they're good for this room. I don't think they're good for the franchise long-term. I'm taking the hit. I'm moving on from them. We're going to build around Kaprizov. That takes guts. Mm-hmm. It also takes insight into how to build with when you don't have a lot of assets. And he's made a bunch of minor moves, seemingly minor moves, that have paid off. I mean, Gustafson, nobody thought right. Gustafson was a starting caliber goaltender. And now he might be the game one starter for the hottest team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johansson hasn't had a big scoring year in like five years. And he comes here and immediately makes Boldy better, which is, again, that, in, that, that Garen has that kind of insight that not many people have. Right. Um, you know, Hartman was a nice player. He's been even better here than you would have expected. Um, you know, and he, he just, he's, I think Garen is ideal for this franchise in that he has guts. Uh, he has insights into what he's still young enough and not that far removed from his playing days where he knows what works in a in locker room, what works in terms of chemistry. And he's really built something impressive here. And once they get to the playoffs, it's a little like the NBA in that the upper echelon are both in the other conference. The West seems wide open, kind of like in the NBA, whereas the East has some dominant teams. I mean, the Boston Bruins are killing everyone, but they're in the other yeah. conference, so the Wild don't have to worry about them for quite a while. No, that's right. Uh, it, there's nobody. There are teams that you would rather play in the Western playoffs, but there's nobody who just scares the heck out of you. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe Colorado will get their game back and get healthier and be that team, but they haven't been that team yet. Dallas is a good team and a well-rounded team, but, again, they don't scare you. Um, there's just nobody in the conference who scares the heck out of you. Everybody feels like a reasonable matchup. Now, I think, you know, Winnipeg and Seattle, those would be the ideal first-round matchups, and, you're, and whoever you play in the second round is going to be a pretty good team. But there's nobody you just can't compete with. Right. Uh, let's talk Timberwolves a little bit. I did talk with Alan Horton earlier on the podcast as well, but uh, I wanted to talk to you, Jim, about, uh, you know, second of back-to-backs for Carl Anthony Towns. He sits. He's a healthy scratch. I don't have any problem with that. Well, no, I mean, and, you know, he's still not that far removed from coming off the injured list. Yeah. And you're still managing his minutes. And I, I absolutely think it was the right move. Uh, you just can't risk him with that injury. Listen, this team is playing great right now. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best weeks we've seen out of the Timberwolves in a long time. 
they win it. You know, they win uh, close at home. Uh, against, I mean, sorry, close against the Knicks, close against the Hawks. Play great against the the Warriors on the road. Then they win a second night of a back to back in Sacramento. That is an impressive four game stretch, and it has put them in great position. But none of this matters if Towns, you know, re-injures that calf and you go into the playoffs without him. You you need to do everything you can to win games while also preserving his health. And that's why that was so impressive. You know, they go there, play the, the third best team uh, in the Western Conference on the road, second night of a back-to-back after a very difficult and emotional win without Towns, and they win anyway. And really, they won with Edwards really not being himself yet because he's coming off the injured list. It, and it just shows you how Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed have turned into two of the most valuable players on this roster. And that's another thing I'm not sure anybody saw coming. I sure didn't. I watch Kyle Anderson even now, and I say, how can a guy this slow, I mean, he got the name slow-mo for a reason, get so much done and be so effective? He just has uh, the vision on the court. He can find his open spaces and find open guys. And he uses his he, – he, he doesn't have to play as slow as he does. <laughs> but what he has figured out is that he can play slow in a way that really gives him the maximum amount of time to make decisions – and kind of messes with the defender's heads. Mm-hmm. The defender doesn't know what he's going to do. So, so instead of trying to, you know, we've seen a lot of great athletes in, at all levels of basketball who will beat everybody and miss the layup because they're moving so fast. Or they'll, they'll, you know, they'll beat somebody off the dribble and then throw a bad pass or mm-hmm. force a shot. I mean, you know, Cheryl Reeves always said that to me. She doesn't want a point guard who plays really fast. She wants a point guard who makes the right decision. Uh, you, want, you want quickness, but you also want somebody who can kind of you know, manage situations more than just beat people. And that's Kyle Anderson is, is brilliant that way. Even his, even his, the great thing about him is when he fakes something, he does it so slowly that the defender almost has to commit to it. There are players, even in the NBA, who their fakes are so quick that the defender never has a chance to react to them, so they're actually worthless. That's right. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.